Welcome to the Sailing Into Oblivion podcast. I'm your host, Jerome Rand, and this is where we sit down with everyday people who do extraordinary things. Good evening and Happy New Year to everybody. Holy cow, 2022 is hours away from being over, and 2023 is at our doorstep. Pretty crazy. What a year. Uh, I can't even... Ah, it's been been nuts, you know, especially thinking about, you know, everything that's happened uh, in the last month or two sailing wise. It's been pretty crazy. And I guess the, the sail up to Maine last May. But in any event, oh, it's crazy to think, too, that uh, I ended up 2021 pulling in here the day before New Year's uh, last year. Pretty crazy. So I have a huge treat for all of my wonderful listeners uh, and anybody who might pick this up new because of the guest that I have on the show. Uh, If you've ever looked up sailing on YouTube, you've definitely seen this person's face uh, and probably joined in on some of his adventures uh, crossing oceans alone. And uh, that would be uh, the YouTube sensation of Sam Holmes. Uh, I reached out to him and unbeknownst uh, to him, he didn't know who I was or the sailing stuff that I do, but very graciously, he was on his way from North Carolina to Florida and said he would be happy to come on the podcast and uh, tell you what, just a genuinely great, great guy, awesome sailor, um, you know, makes these incredible videos that are definitely fully entertaining. I mean, when I watch one, I turn it on, I watch the whole thing pretty much every time. Uh, They're they're just they're they're fun and you can see that he's got a true passion and uh gets a lot of joy out of sailing. So really really cool and we basically just sit down two solo sailors uh chatting about everything from Hobie cats to ocean sailing to storms to YouTube. Uh we're sort of all over the place. I wish I could have sat down with him for three hours, and I think we probably are going to meet up again at some point and collaborate and have another long-form podcast where we're not sort of crunched for time. But big, big thanks to Sam for just uh, emailing me back, and uh, I kind of feel like now I've got a, uh, I don't know, kind of a new, new, new friend, new colleague, I guess. Um, who knows? But in any event... Really, really excited. Uh, Before we start the show, as always, I have to say, if you want to support this program, uh, you can head over to Patreon, follow the link, link, and uh, become one of the Patreon family for Sailing Into Oblivion. Thank you all for the 40 strong that we have that are right now part of that family. You are supporting it, and I got my eyes on some two brand new microphones and a new recording device. So hopefully we are going to be up in the ante in 2023. Uh, I can't press the click button to, uh, to order them just yet, but uh, we're getting there. And a big part of that is all your support. Also, there's another line. I got three different shirts out there now trying to uh, sort of fill up the uh, the shelf, the merch shelf, if you will. So you can check those out. I think uh, the link will be in the description for that. And then if you just want to reach out to the show, you got an idea, you want to hear about something, 
sailingintooblivion.com, the podcast button, follow that to contact the show, and those emails go directly to me. So thank you all so very much. Hopefully we have a fantastic and safe New Year's night, and uh, kick off January 1st with a bang, and I hope 2023 is an awesome, awesome year. And uh, yeah, so here we go. Without further ado, Sam Holmes. Oh, and uh, I might as well plug Sam's channel uh, while I'm at it, because if you have not been on YouTube and seen his stuff, it's really, really entertaining, and uh, it's real deal. I mean, he's just out there on the ocean with a camera by himself, sailing uh, across some oceans and doing some other adventures, uh, and that's Sam Holmes Sailing on YouTube. So check that out. I'll put a link in the description as well. Here we go. Perfect. On the vote. Awesome. Sam, I've... I've I'm overjoyed that you uh, were able to make this pit stop. Heck yeah, I'm glad I came. I, 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 I didn't know about your like your circumnavigation and stuff, so it's cool to yeah, well, <laughs> see, I, well, see what you're doing. I didn't. Um, that was kind of an interesting thing. Like I didn't really tell anybody I was doing it besides uh-huh. like my family and a few friends. Yeah. And this was. I think that's a wise way to go. Like you kind of got to keep you can't that disappoint anybody, yeah, right? <laughs> And everybody tells you you're crazy until you actually do it. And then they're like, you're amazing. But before yeah, right? it, it's like, <laughs> don't want people to know, maybe. Well, and we, there were, I had a few friends that uh, after I got back, mm-hmm. they came up to me and they're like, hey, I got to tell you, I sort of wrote you off. Yeah, I, really? I thought you were definitely going to die out there. Wow. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> hey, geez. And you didn't no tell me until now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't know. I mean, you know, this is really cool because... I think you're pretty much the first um, ocean crossing solo sailor that I've ever had on the show. I mean, almost everybody that is on this, it's their first time ever doing a podcast. I love chatting with with all the people in the marina and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're on their first or second year with the boat and everything. And uh, okay. it's always interesting to hear the stories about, you know, why they decided to just shuck normal life and hop on a boat and everything. Sure. Yeah. But uh, to sit down and well, not do it. I still think I'm only on like my second year with this <laughs> boat. I just decided to yeah, just right. go ahead and go across the ocean right yeah. away. Yeah. <laughs> well, the the trip to Hawaii, was that your first big crossing? That was my first big one. Yeah. Okay. And that was three years like, ago? Yeah. That was about, about three years. Yeah. Three years ago, I think. Yeah. I watched just a little. I was trying. I mean, you have so many videos. It's... uh. Yeah, I keep, oh, I keep pumping them out. I try to do two a week now. I know, dude. That's that's but what I try and do, like with hard. the podcast. I don't I don't sail enough to. Uh, the, the the faster you get them out, the less editing you have to do because they're they're shorter. I, I think. Well, and I, I tell you, man, it's it's so nice to see just raw footage, um, not crazy special editing. Like you're you're like proof that a guy with a camera or a sailor with a camera can just go out and do these sort of trips and film them throw them all together put them out there and sure, yeah. people like it like, i just do every i film it all on my iphone and i edit it on the iphone and i post it from really the phone. yeah just oh trying to make it really gosh. easy for myself well that's and, and that's, if you look at everyone else's all the other stuff like you would think you have to have a lot of production value and no, you but, don't but you don't really like no. people seem to love just the real kind of just get out and film what you're doing and it's like interesting to people, yeah. Well, and it, it does seem like I've been getting uh, a lot of comments on some of the stuff I'm doing where people are like, I'm really kind of enjoying this real sailing content mm-hmm. as opposed to some of the, the clickbait stuff of, you know. Sure. 
the sailing genre that's sort of flooded right now, I guess. But. Yeah, I think sometimes like you and me, like we we stare at the ocean all the time, like, and it seems maybe not so interesting. So yeah. I'm trying to like do more because like, people really like just to like you know have the videos on in the background, I guess. They yeah, say, yeah. And just like seeing the ocean, the sailing, like that. I I was kind of cut cutting that a little shorter, but maybe I'm trying to stretch it out yeah, a little take, longer take just to kind of like yeah, just do like a like long crazy. shot every now and then showing showing like the yeah just a boat sailing really right right no well and and that's i think that's one of the things i just enjoy doing you know when i'm out there after i get into sort of the low level input mode mm-hmm. after a week or two i can sit there and just watch that ocean for yeah hours like not a thought even going through my head that's good for you i love it <laughs> it sounds like you've had some long passages <laughs> yeah I, i've done a few few doozies but you know it's um I, I, there's something about being out there that I don't know. I don't know if it's, it's not that I don't like civilized life here on land by any means, mm. but I definitely crave just being out on that ocean and yeah. looking at a chart and I'm in the middle of it and you're sort of like, yeah, I'm <laughs> in my ocean now. I don't know. There's That's a cool feeling. It's a real cool feeling. And you know, you wouldn't even know it cause the, you know, the scene doesn't change really outside. Mm. And you're watching that chart, and you're just looking at it, and you're There's just a little speck out there. Boom, 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 boom. boom. Mm-hmm. Ah, it's so nice. Do you use uh, paper charts when you're out there? No, not really. I sometimes I'll I have like a big one just kind of for fun, just to kind like of the passage making. Yeah, chart. yeah. yeah but I, I didn't really use that. I, I got lazy and stopped marking that on the Atlantic Crossing. I did it when I crossed to, to Hawaii. To Hawaii, it yeah. was kind of fun. It's, yeah. Sometimes I get I'm, I'm very lazy. I just use my phone. And, <laughs> Yep, that's where I am. <laughs> well, hey, that's uh, Bernard Motissier. He used to always say, he's like, if people knew how much like I sleep when I'm out at oh, sea, I sleep so much. They yeah. would be like, oh, what? This guy isn't doing anything. <laughs> uh, well, before we get into into more of the like sort of ocean stuff, I guess mm-hmm. the Hobie 16. Oh yeah, I learned how to sail on one of those when I was like 18 years old. Oh really? Yeah, where at? Uh, up in northern Michigan, just on the little inland lakes. Cool. Like, this belt buckle. Was, <laughs> you got the Hobie belt buckle. It was Heck given yeah. to me by one of my uh, staff. I used to run like sailing schools and stuff. Mm-hmm. And my buddy Charlie, he he sandcasted two of them because I taught him how to sail again on a Hobie 16. Oh, he and, casted them. Oh, himself. yeah, yeah. Cool. He made, like, did like some sort of sandcasting. Yeah. I remember uh, when I worked at the Bitter End down uh-huh. in, in the British Virgin Islands, we do a Hobie family like fun week. Mm. And so the president of Hobie Cat comes down. And he's oh. like, where'd you get that belt buckle? Oh, I'm like, oh, yeah. you know, it's custom. <laughs> custom made. Custom made, buddy. But that trip, um, mm. going over to the Bahamas, Yeah. that looked crazy. That was a little scary Yeah. towards the end, I think, yeah. Well, let's try number three. We finally made it. I know. <laughs> I not, mean. I set, I set out, like, a requir- requirement that I wasn't going to do it because the boat was so sketchy. Yeah, it looked like <laughs> it, it man. Crap. How old is that one? <laughs> oh, uh, that's... In the seventies, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was geez. the decks were like super squishy. <laughs> it was just no, this is the worst the example of a Hobie cat. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh my gosh. So you, yeah, there were three temps. Yeah, because I want because I wanted to go that, that time of year. I thought was good because it's it's usually windier, but you're not really getting the, squ- the squalls that kind of kind of surprise you. Yeah. Yeah. I, and. uh so I was just waiting for the wind to kind of be going with the Gulf Stream or not against the Gulf Stream, you know? Right, right. And then I kind of set it up so I, I, I kind of went a longer route. It was 80 miles, my the, my track. I mean, it's only 20 miles across. 
but I, I, I knew like the Gulfstream was going to kind of drift me yeah, so yeah. much or like I lost the wind or well, something. Had, I didn't yeah, want to just end up out. Some, <laughs> some navigation to hit that, that yeah, island. But, but the plan on. worked out really good. And like the first two times it was just way choppy, too much leftover chop, I think from the day before. And it just, it just goes to the trampoline and it was. Well, they're really wet boats. Yeah. I mean, hey, how long did it take? <laughs> nine hours? Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's a long time to be, like... And we ended up doing... I think it worked pretty good because we left in the middle of the night. And the only reason we left, I think we probably would have just given up because we were camping on this little island in Miami and, like, we were just getting eaten alive by bugs. So I was like, well, let's just go throw our stuff on the boat. And we were just, like, so miserable. And we just pushed it off. And I was like, there was no wind. So we just drifted out there because I didn't even bother putting the anchor out. And then... I woke up a couple hours later. Hey, look, we're kind of drifting out there. It's like a little bit of wind. So let's put the sail up and we'll just, we'll give it. It's actually like the water was super flat. So yeah. We'll give it, we'll make this try number three. Maybe, maybe we'll make maybe it we'll actually this go. time. And then you and just kept did. going. Yeah, it worked great. Yeah. Well, when, when you noticed that the hull was getting a little lower in the water, that's when I was <laughs> like, oh, geez. Like, yeah. I've been on a Hobie where I forgot to put the plugs in uh-huh. and basically had to get towed back yeah. in because i was losing it but uh that's how i lost the my first hobie hobie 14 in california oh really I, yeah we flipped it too much and then one of them was full of water and we couldn't get it back up and then the the, the baywatch boat came out and like oh no uh, <laughs> the yellow one and they were like trying to they took forever to like get it back up because it was like so heavy yeah eventually they actually got it right at it well because uh, they like to just come over and then Flip right back yeah, over once their waterlog, yeah, going over and over and over. But then by the time they finally got it up, it had damaged so much stuff on it that it was like just a, a loss. Oh, I'm yeah. sure. We we had one at one of the places that worked at uh, the mast. Once it, if it turtled, it would uh-huh. just start filling the mast with yeah. water. And I remember it's we tried so to write that thing once, and it was just so bent. And there was so much pressure on it. Oh my oh, god! Man. I think yeah. we ended up filling it with foam, but it was. It just didn't make sense because I'd never seen a Hobie mm. mass do that before. Oh, okay. I think they all have some sort of foam in them. Oh, do they? Okay. I think maybe just foam stoppers. Like, because I thought that was part of the thing. I thought our mass filled with water. Too. There was because it was easy to flip the first few times, and then, and then like, it got harder and harder. Yeah, and my friend said, "Oh, we look we, afterwards." He's like, "Oh, we forgot to put the plugs in. That must have caused it." And I, my theory was that the mass had filled, but I don't know which which. Yeah, one it was. you never so really was, know because we got it up the first few times, and then like the third time, it was just impossible. Like, right, right. Yeah. Well, and it, you know, I we we had to get rid of a couple of old ones. I don't know if they were Hobie 14s or not, mm-hmm. but we had to cut them up. Um, and the hulls had foam in them. Oh, do they? Okay. Yeah. I don't know if that's standard or if somebody had done that on yeah. their own. You never know. Huh. Custom mod, I guess. But I think they would make a, add a lot of weight to. You would think, yeah. I mean, you know, at least 20 pounds or something like that. Yeah. And that's, those are light boats. They only weigh mm-hmm. like 300 something. I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Well, anyway, I mean, that, that's so cool because I, I've always had this sort of, uh, little dream of, Taking our Hobie 16, uh-huh. trailering it over to Wisconsin, mm. and sailing it back to Michigan, and it's about 90 miles, I think. Okay, yeah, yeah uh-huh. it's you know, it's one of those where maybe if uh, the YouTube channel grows enough, uh-huh. then then yeah. I might uh, turn it into a big video adventure or something. Yeah, I love the small boat 
adventures so just cool, like camping right? on it. Yeah, it's like different challenges. It's like I like it. Well, I, I, I want to do that in the Mediterranean. Actually, that was last ooh, last year. Yeah, I yeah. flew to Croatia and I was like, I'll find a Hobie cat or a, like a dinghy. Yeah, and I had like my, my backpacking stuff. I'd like to get I'll get one cheap and just sail it from Croatia down to to Greece. That was oh nice. My plan. But I just couldn't find a boat that was like gonna work out. I oh just, really? Yeah, I was using their kind of version of Craigslist and the Facebook market, and I had one that was kind of like almost worked out a deal, and then the guy got kind of weird and it fell through and oh. i got kind of frustrated but i still that's still in the back of my mind now that would be pretty cool man oh that'd be a, you just that's so out of the ordinary i mean you think about doing that in the caribbean uh-huh. or something like that where you you know you could start in grenada and make your way all the way up to like the usvi i yeah. knew a guy who i believe he started in either venezuela uh-huh. or in grenada and he windsurfed all the way back up to oh. i think the usvi Long time ago, back That's in the eighties. Cool yeah. yeah, yeah. He was somebody I think he worked at the Bitter End. So. I met someone who had windsurfed from did the same trip I did in a windsurfer, like before I did it. Which uh, trip? Oh, uh, across. across the, yeah, the golf, yeah. the golf stream. That would so. be insane. I couldn't even imagine. I mean, we have they used to race, and I never did it, but um, from from Virgin Gorda to Anagata, it's like fourteen miles mm-hmm. on a windsurfer, mm-hmm. and even when you're just hauling, yeah, it's two hours or whatever or an hour yeah. you're so exhausted because you're on just one tack uh-huh. and so everything just gets oh yeah kind of crampy and all so oh my gosh i couldn't even imagine it but you're you're going down to learn how to windsurf and kite yeah surf, well right? I, I i i'm like just the point where i'm kind of starting to get up on plane a little bit yeah uh, i did it a bunch like a little bit in california uh years ago and then like a neighbor like sold us a ton of i've got like 10 sales or something. Oh, really? Yeah, I got, I got the whole quiver now. So oh, it's like nice. really great. And it's like, oh, I, this is a good time for me to just like, you know, buckle down and like m- try to get like, yeah, master yeah, it, yeah. Kinda, you know? Well, and the, the learning curve is really, I don't know if this is the best way to describe it. It's mm. really steep until you start to plane. Yeah. And then once you get, it t- once you get to that point, it's mm-hmm. literally all of a sudden you're like, I am flying around on this thing. I feel like I'm just like getting to the point where like if I can cross that yeah, you know, threshold, yeah, yeah. Get, get the hang of everything, I'll, it'll... And then you go from playing a lot more fun. <laughs> to like locking your legs and having to hold onto the boom by one hand. Like it's ridiculous. Uh-huh. It's I, I've done windsurfing and kite surfing, all that stuff. And windsurfing has this controlled speed, this element of like... I can just rocket ship this thing. Kite mm. surfing, I always feel like I'm going to get ripped off the earth. Mm, okay. Um, and I have plenty of times, but windsurfing just, I don't know. For me, it was just so much. We used to go out at night. Yeah. Down oh, there. Night, yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's so much fun. Ugh. It makes it gives me goosebumps just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's so cool. Um, So, have you ever been able to answer the question of why on earth you would go out and sail across an ocean being dangerous, costing money hmm. by yourself. I get, I get asked that question all the time and right. I, I've never really come up with it. A really great answer. I guess I have there's not, cause there's not just like one reason, but there's a lot of good reasons. It you takes know? the, like, yeah. I mean, it's, I felt like it was something I kind of had to do. Cause I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm every, every next step I would have would be like, Oh, I'm like I'm more of a sailor now. Or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I couldn't really call myself a sailor unless I crossed an ocean. I felt like, and then so I, that was like one of the reasons. And then it's just like a cool way to travel, like to see a new place. It definitely like, is. Yeah. Um, I like to do it alone because I don't like to rely on anyone else that's going to back out, you know, or have to 
like make decisions with another person it's nice to just be able, like okay i want to change my mind and sail you know five days this way, way or not completely change it. my destination like i do that all the time like yeah i think i'm gonna go here and then like oh it's gonna be too hard let me go here <laughs> but if you got someone else they probably have plans or something you know right, to get right. there and it's like oh you gotta go back and forth and well, we used to do a lot of deliveries and you know those are like point a to point b as fast as you can mm. you know like boat slows down a little bit turn the engine on all that and yeah i mean when you're out there solo mm-hmm. it's totally up to you yeah you're just that's, like, that's a good that's a real I'm freedom drift yeah uh-huh. maybe take a swim i don't know yeah sometimes i just leave the sails down because i don't want to get out of bed and yeah like, yeah yeah i've done that like <laughs> oh, oh we'll get a few more up. hours and then i'll, Think then the I'll wind's go coming yeah. yeah oh man in the um in the doldrums mm-hmm. Oh, there's so many times, you know, you're just becalmed and then you'll ride a squall and then you're becalmed. And yeah, I, w- I used to have a little wind chime that I held up there and it would sort of wake me up if if a little breeze was kicking up. Oh, smart. Stuff. Yeah, yeah it, it helped. I feel like there's so many times where like, oh, it hasn't started yet. And I get out there and we've got like eight knots of good wind and I haven't even. And you don't <laughs> even know. Because yeah, if like, you don't I feel have like the waves, know. right? Yeah, if it's yeah. really flat, sometimes I, I don't. Like, oh, I should have been. I could have got you know, a couple hours of sailing in. Right, you know, right. But I like can, the wind chime idea. Well, you can't always rely. I ended up losing that. Um, this was on the trip around the world coming back north. Mm-hmm. So been out maybe 230 days and uh, used my wind chime. Mm-hmm. Thought it was all good. I went to sleep with like full, huge drifter, full mainsail. Oh, uh-huh. And, and I'd done that plenty of times. Um, but it was kind of an overcast night, and uh, I woke up to the boat just lurching over, and then the <laughs> oh, sound of the sail just shredding. Up oh there. no! <laughs> oh man, lost the wind chime, everything, and I ended up delaminating the bowsprit because uh, it's three pieces of wood put together. Okay. Because there's just so much torque. Uh, luckily, only for a second. Wow. Yeah, and that gives credence. I've always believed like the big head sails. Mm-hmm. I always buy used ones. Mm-hmm. I think that gives them a little give. Like, they're going to blow out before they do any real damage. Oh, you think? Okay. Maybe. I don't know. That's my excuse, at least. (laughs) And that was on your big trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. And And what what point of the trip was that? That was just past the equator, headed north back to Gloucester. Oh, okay. So I I left Gloucester in uh, October of Mm -hmm. 2017 and got back June of 2018. Okay. So that was towards the end Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that so was like, wasn't the, like last, gonna the last month. Put it in jeopardy or anything. No, would, it, would that really. affect you if it had happened earlier in the trip, or um, would you have been able to? No, sort it I, out? I don't think so. I no. mean, the the bowsprit wasn't damaged at all. Yeah. Um, it was just it just you know kind of you could see that it had been basically a torqued bit. a little, but because yeah. it's wood, it didn't bend. It just went right back. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, it was one of those things. I you know feeling like such an idiot. I'm just like, man, you know, I've been smelling squalls in my sleep. Mm. You know, you wake up and you're you're like, I don't know why, but I want to check. And you mm-hmm. go up top and there's one coming. Yeah. And you're just like, ah, yes, I'm I'm a true seaman now. <laughs> but I, you're not going to catch every one of them. That's for sure. Sure. Yeah. But, oh, man. Gosh. Oh, this is so cool. I, I just have, I have all these questions, but I also don't want to just grill you. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So how many crossings have you done now? Which oceans? Uh, well, I did the one the, the Hawaii and yeah. then uh, across the Atlantic. I did I did Bermuda and then Azores and then Ireland. And you got into some ugly weather from the Azores to uh, Ireland. Uh, yeah, it? yeah, so, a- Azores to Ireland, 
It was all behind me. It was one like the Fastnet. Is that the one that? Yeah, Goes Fastnet, Fastnet race. Fastnet yeah, because I yeah. caught them at the end. There was two people beating against it. And I was like, well, who in their right mind would go upwind oh, in really? this kind of weather? Yeah. yeah. I was thinking about, I didn't, it never got really bad, but I was like thinking about diverting like maybe to France or like changing the. Yeah, the, yeah. Where just, I was going to try, to, stay to, try to like, it, right? yeah, to avoid it. I don't remember. But then it eventually ended up kind of avoiding the worst, the bad part of it. So that was fine. And then the, the, the other bad, I sailed from like Key West to North Carolina. That was like a pretty long trip. I didn't stop. And I got in the Gulf Stream and the wind turned oh, against yeah, me. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was a little bit dicey for a bit. But yeah, yeah those are the, like the longest ones I've done nonstop, I guess. North Atlantic's pretty, pretty scary, though. You've sailed around. Did you go to, you went to Ireland? Uh, yeah, so I went to Ireland, and then I went over like the north part of Ireland, and then across to to Scotland. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That's like scary waters. To, yeah, I was getting into like October when I got to yeah. Shetland, and I thought I might be stuck on Shetland for the winter. Like I got in there, and the guy was like, "You're gonna oh be there all here all winter," gosh. you know? Yeah. Like the next day, there was like a gale coming through, and like we tied my boat off super good, and uh, it were was you like, at a marina? I, I was like, yeah, yeah. I went into, I guess it wasn't the guest marina. They'd already taken it out of the out water, of water. So I yeah. just went into another marina and it was super cool. Like this just random guy, like, oh, you can stay here. And they helped me tie the boat up. And uh, uh, yeah, so I was thinking, that, he was thinking I was going to be stuck there. Cause like, I think it gets to a certain point where it's just like, yeah, the it, weather just, you don't really it don't It closes wanna, in. I mean, yeah. I, I left on this last trip, uh, November 14th. Mm-hmm. Normally, I try and leave right at the tail end of October. Mm-hmm. And when Nicole came about, that was when I sort of was like, ah, I don't want to head out and just get smashed by a named storm mm-hmm. like last time. So I'm just going to pause. I'll wait for my window. But man, like I, as soon as I left, that window closed right on top of me and it just Yikes. kept i it was like system after system after system um and yeah i mean you were up there what was your plan like how were you going to get out of there uh, that late in the season oh yeah i wanted to sail i was going to go to like amsterdam or sweden because i think they're they're pretty pretty cheap to store the boat there oh, for the winter oh, that was kind okay. of a the plan just to store it there for the winter. Gotcha. And then gotcha. I made it, it ended up being really easy crossing the North Sea. Like I had this, like I got becalmed. I, oh, like uh, a perfect for, window. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it, it was pretty easy sailing across there. And then sailing down, I sailed from Shetland to Bergen and then sailing down the coast of Norway a few times because I was like, well, I got to go out and to a little bit of weather in the North Sea and see what, <laughs> what, <laughs> see what, what I was like. I felt like of. I was just like, it was too easy crossing there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh so because i could have stayed in inside a lot of the ways every once in a while you kind of have to go outside if they, uh, do they have a, a term for doing something like that grabbing the tiger by the tail or something <laughs> something like that i guess <laughs> yeah i got my butt kicked and then i was well, like I'm not doing that yeah, anymore right? oh my gosh well it's oh. just it's such a treacherous area i mean yeah and then i've heard like going around lindenness at the bottom like the southern port of norway is bad but again i got lucky or i i got my butt kicked so i waited for good weather yeah yeah that. yeah and then uh, and then i ended up keeping the boat in sweden uh, that that year okay so, uh, that was that was and then do you just year. go explore the countries and stuff or do you head back to the states uh so that was in sweden and i was like it's getting dark and cold and then so I, that's when i booked the flight i got like a 20 dollar flight from gothenburg to uh, Croatia, uh-huh. and, was, and that's why I was trying to find the dinghy to oh, go someplace warmer. Yeah, and I, yeah, 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 I thought that might be cool, uh, but it, but then it didn't really work out. So I just kind of explored. A, you know, like I went to Greece and 
uh, Austria for a little bit, and okay, and then Italy, and then and then I flew back. And your film and all that stuff, right? Yeah, I made a little. I didn't do a lot of filming for that that kind of stuff because I I kind of have like a uh like a formula for making the sailing videos where it's just really easy. I don't have to think about it so much. Yeah. When I try to film other stuff, it takes more brain power, and I gotta like figure out. Like, well, I end up with more footage, you know, and then I, right, like, oh, how do right. I make this into like a video that kind of makes sense, like a fun story. Yeah, so thing. sometimes it ends up just being kind of like a montage video or or something. Well, I I watched the one uh, where you and I, I think it was just in Fial or something like that, mm. um, and that was cool, man. It was like a there's like Sam Holmes sailing and then there's Sam Holmes travel channel. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I do like to do like walk around the place and and yeah, see yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean because. I don't, I don't, I, I don't get the point where if people sometimes they sail across, like I think that like the trans uh, pack sometimes they like sail across there and they just shift the boat back and fly back. Oh the next yeah, weekend I or know, something. Right. It's like I spent three or four months in Hawaii when I oh really when I went there. Yeah. Oh man, I've never been. One of these days, I've only done the very deep South Pacific. That's uh, what I want to do next. Uh, the islands. Or, yeah, the I'm islands just like Southern Ocean. Went really far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you know I that. I was at like 47 <laughs> degrees south, I think, for okay. most of it. But yeah, the they South really Pacific. Could you imagine? Where would you go from? I guess go from Panama, Panama or to like the, the Galapagos, Coast. I guess, and then yeah. Marquesas, and then and then just into like the, the splay of all islands. the options you got. Because when I was in Hawaii, I wanted to keep going. But that little ranger, the Ranger 23, it just yeah. was, it was fine for sailing. But like, it, when I, I knew when you, I got there, I was gonna end up staying, you know, for like a few months or whatever. And it was uh-huh. just so small to live on that little boat. So yeah. tiny, yeah. It was actually kind of nice at sea because everything is like super close, you know. Like, I could be in bed and reach up and trim the main sheet, right, you know, right. and like, it, it's, it's kind of there is comforting. a convenience. I mean, yeah. who, who what's and I, that? and I got to the point where I was used to just getting tossed around like a rag doll out there. Like yeah, I yeah. could, I just got used to that. <laughs> so that wasn't quite a problem anymore because sailing in between the Hawaii islands was like really tough, tough, isn't it? I thought yeah. it was going to be like my reward was just being you know, crop, tropical paradise cruising around. It'll be easy once I get there. If I can get there, like that's the hard part. Yeah. But then like I get there and like, Oh, you're going to cross the alley and haha. And like, that's that really thing. dangerous. One, right? I was like, yeah, I just sailed that across the Pacific. <laughs> like I think I can do it. And they're like, I would, I, would, you would I talk to people first. I would talk to people. And are you serious? But yeah, I had like a real bad reputation. I turned around like three or four times, like going out. Oh like, really? I hid behind like the windshot shadow of the island, and then yeah. I was like, I'll try again. And I uh, did it a few times, tacked back and forth until I thought it was good, to comfortable go. enough to yeah, yeah, yeah. go across there. Was well, it just one of those? Uh, you get you got two of the biggest volcanoes yeah, in the world and like the whole in. trade winds just kind of like funneling it. Right, right. And then so there's a huge like fetch, you know, too. Like so you could have a pretty big swell. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Hawaii is known for having big waves. Well, all those year, storms right? up in the the North Pacific, you know. I, I oh. anytime I'm ever, I I always love looking at like windy mm-hmm. and just scanning the whole world. And like right now, for the last since I've been back. The North Pacific and the North Atlantic are literally, it's like they're on fire. Oh, yeah. Storms, yeah. (laughs) Southern Ocean's been pretty, pretty decently calm because I've been sort of following the Golden Globe race and Mm. it's- uh, Oh, is that going on now? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, there three of them, three or four of them have just passed um, the Tasmania Gate Mm -hmm. and then there's only like five or six of them left out of, I don't know- 18 or 15 okay, that started down already yeah oh my gosh yeah well and there's only one american left elliot lee and he's he's a young guy he's in his 20s um but he damaged his bowsprit i think he had to 
pick up a mooring in uh, South Africa to try and fix it, but he is mm. literally in the middle of the Indian Ocean, and his boat's a little damaged, mm. and he's he knows he's out of the race. Okay. Um, so he's got to get to Fremantle. There's, I believe, a cyclone, uh, or the remnants of it, a few hundred miles north of him. Uh-huh. He's going to get hit by that. Uh, it's like when I think about where I was you know, a month ago out in the Atlantic, the Indian Ocean is the scariest ocean I've ever been on. Like, yeah, it will. All the old time sailors talk about how violent it gets, uh-huh. and it does. I mean, I got clipped by Cyclone Irving when I was there, and I got my first knockdown. But it's just like unpredictable. Is it okay? Well, and it's it's really close to Antarctica. Um, like when you're doing that route. So let's say you're in the forty to forty five south range. You know, you're cruising, cruising, heading towards Australia, and Antarctica is not that far south of you. So those storms sort of seem to go Push further north okay. yeah. in, in the Indian. And oh, okay. you get into the Pacific, and it's like uh-huh. it's like it recedes way down, so you can sort of go down as well. I don't know. Mm. It's But I'm feeling for that guy. I'm going to do a live stream, I think, later tonight to do like an update. I've been trying to do those, you know, as this whole race, because oh, I can cool. sort of... I can sort of give a bit of kind of like give you, yeah, yeah, that, that'd be super valuable. I like to, it's yeah, you know, well, and it's have fun, someone talk yeah. about it and just yeah, be cool. right, right. But it's dude, it's I feel for him. I mean, that is literally the last place I would want to be. Oh, I yeah. couldn't even imagine. Well, I can't imagine, I guess, but like <laughs> I wouldn't want to imagine being in his shoes right now. So would you ever have any desire to do it like in the race? Like nah, that? I no. well, people ask that a lot because um, mm. you know this boat, this boat wouldn't be able to win unless it was a last man standing kind of mm-hmm. season. And I don't want to go to the Southern ocean if it's one of those seasons. They, uh, okay. they say you get one good year and three. Ah. And when it's a bad year, I mean like the first, first one they did in 2018, like the storms in the Indian ocean just ripped people. I mean, yeah. If you were getting dismantled. Oh and rolling, yeah. Left and right, seems like This year so the, far it hasn't been too bad, but yeah. I don't know. It's, it's one of those things. I don't like all the rules. If it was way more casual, like yeah, the, like the very first. That's one. a big turnoff for me. All the rules for everything. Like yeah. I, was, I was trying to well, in the smaller scale, like the what's the Everglades challenge and as they have in Florida, it's like kind of similar to oh, the Hobie. I, I sailed down through the Everglades. I was trying to go to the Keys. So I didn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't make it all the way. Was that um, on Hobie Cat? It was on. Uh, it's called a Mystere 5.5. It's like a Hobie 18 kind of. Oh, okay, size. yeah, yeah. Because uh, it has uh. Oh, it's a lot dagger more boards. freeboard and dagger boards. And oh, okay, okay. It, the sail on the thing is super racy. It's like, you know. Oh, I think I caught a clip of that. Yeah, like it's like a Kevlar. Yeah, and I, I'm not sail. like, I'm not confident enough on that boat. Like, there's no way to like depower it. Oh, really? It's just like you get a little, just a little breath of wind, and it just like shoots <laughs> off, and like the hull just wants to come up so yeah, yeah, so yeah, quick. Yeah, and like, I think with two people, I'm I'm getting you know pretty comfortable. On they have it. trapeze wire. Yeah, yeah, it's got oh, okay, two trapezes, nice, nice. and uh, so much fun. Dude, I tried blast. to yeah, I tried to sail it uh, from Fort Myers to the, the Keys down to the Keys, uh, but I made it like into the Everglades and then I was like looking at the weather I was like ah, I don't want to because I'm, I'm not like going to sail it out in a lot of ton of wind yeah yeah yet. yeah uh especially not going like, can you reef offshore. the main at all no I don't have any way to reef the main Yikes. uh so I need to I need if I'm going to do something like that I need to set up uh have a separate different sail extra yeah like sail a storm or, a way storm to reef main it or, something. or something yeah right I ended up at one point like I was going down one and I just had a tiny little jib and I I like was so overpowered like I couldn't 
like jiver. <laughs> I was too afraid <laughs> to jive. So I, I just put the main down and I was like doing like eight or nine knots. Yeah, just, like, right. Like a little jib, just surfing down the well, waves. There's just, and there's, I was like a chicken, but. There's <laughs> definitely a point, I think, on those boats where when the wind gets up high enough, you could be bare poles and it'll yeah, still Yeah, the mass is huge, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> Probably pretty good windage on And that there's thing. no weight behind the boat. No, it's so light. You're I think the like thing that. weighs the same as like a Hobie. It's like it's also like 300, yeah, 350 pounds or something. It's so light. They're crazy light. Oh, man. Is it easy to. But that one I had set up better because I, I put some hatches in the hole the whole mm. holes so I could put some of the stuff oh down the below camping stuff down below just yeah because you guys a had literally had so much stuff a pile it was so like because like <laughs> I, I like having all the stuff when you're because I, I was planning <laughs> to get awesome. to the Bahamas and then cruise around for a few weeks you know and yeah, like yeah well, I want to have a tent and like mosquito nets and a uh, food and water and everything uh, but then to do the crossing it's like you really don't want to have all that stuff yeah, no, out totally. there on the deck if we ever flip that thing oh my gosh it would probably lose all that stuff I couldn't even imagine yeah yeah i don't know like it'd probably turtle a lot faster yeah I it wasn't it wasn't good but it it did that boat have a a little float on top it uh, did, didn't it? yeah i put a float on top of the, oh, okay, okay. the hobie nice i thought that would after my previous experiences with the turtle in the yeah, the yeah, 14 yeah right. we had i was like well i don't want the mass to go under definitely not in the middle of the gulf stream mm-hmm. with a squall coming <laughs> or a big ship or something did you have like a paddle on there yeah. Oh, yeah. Because we didn't have a jib on our OV, so we had to use the paddle to, to tack. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. You got to back when the jib. So those, I almost forgot that. Yeah, super hard to tack um, without the jib. Oh, 100%. Especially loaded up like that. Mm-hmm. How uh, You guys didn't hit anything. That rudder just snapped? Well, I think so. We had like the, we had like a bunch of gear kind of. We had like a little like cargo net we kind of set up, rigged up on the front of the boat uh-huh. and it kind of collapsed part of it and was hanging underneath. So it might've like, someone might've fallen out of that and like hit the, the rudder. But I, I think it just broke. Like just snap. Yeah. yeah it probably it was just old plastic. Like they're just probably carbon it. I think I thought they were like, I thought they were fiber. I thought they were too, which I thought. And, but then I looked inside it. It's just, that it was just plastic. Just plastic. Yeah. Huh. The, the one of my, my newer boat has fire fiberglass yeah, yeah yeah ones i think they're probably stronger but i i cut out like a piece of wood in the shape of a rudder just to have my my last trip because I, I lost case. the rudder on the hobie 14 <laughs> too and that so i was thinking oh well if i've lost two rudders maybe i'll bring a bring a spare yeah right <laughs> well that and that when i was watching that video i was like boy i hope he doesn't lose that other rudder no no i mean and I we had we, when we that, that was kind of why we kind of gave up once we got there because like uh it just you couldn't really go upwind at all with no, it, like, with, uh-uh. with the one rudder and not having a jib and just being such a crappy boat. Yeah, we just, oh, we just totally. weren't get, we weren't getting anywhere. You know, I, like, <laughs> it turned I was, it just turned to be so miserable once we got there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. So what um what kind of boat? So so you had the twenty three. What what type of what was it? The Ranger twenty three. Ranger twenty three. Yeah. And then you went to there was like a blue hauled boat, right? Um, my boat, my, the boat called Pickled Herring, Pickled that I Herring. Have in Amsterdam now yeah. has a blue hull now. It used to be white. I painted it blue. And what type of boat is that? That's a Cape Dory 28. It's a Cape Dory 28. Oh, okay. Mm. Okay. Can I ask you something? The one thing I couldn't figure out, you have two mirrors hanging underneath your oh, solar panels. That's when I'm laying down in the cockpit uh-huh. and I can see what's in front of me. So I don't have to like stick my head up. <laughs> or also when you're standing down here, you can see what's in front of you. Uh, Okay, gotcha. I yeah, I'll bet. Man. And I also yeah, now, I, but now I have uh, I've got like a car backup camera, and I put it up on top of the mast, and I have that down here. Oh no way! And that's so nice. Like 
it, uh, the, the angle's a little wide, so if like you can see a ship on it, it's probably really, really close to you because yeah. it, it makes everything look far away. But that's really nice. Like, I mean, if you're in like a crowded shipping place, oh or God, there's a ship yeah. going by, and you want to go to the bathroom or something, like just to kind of be down and keep an eye on it, or just when you're lounging down here, it's like you, every every once in a while you still kind of want to maybe look. I still look around, but like, oh yeah, for sure. Oh, and also it kind of points down enough that I can see the spinnaker. Oh, uh, when nice. I'm down here, because sometimes you know it gets wrapped up for something yeah, weird yeah, and you yeah. don't really notice it. Ah, yeah, I, I think useful. people would be pretty surprised how uh, little I look forward, mm. like when I'm on the boat sailing. Like, I think a what lot percent of, people of the time are, are you below versus in the cockpit? On it depends passage? on where I am. When I was in the Southern Ocean, probably ninety percent of the time I was down below. Yeah, reading books and just sort of. You know, cause there it's, not it's cloudy there. and yeah. it's rough Depressed, and yeah. wet and salty. And I don't know, even down here, it wasn't all that pleasant. I can assure you that. Cause I don't have a heater on the boat. So, mm. uh, all my breath was condensating on everything and dripping. And mm-hmm. this boat was like a, a Petri dish of mold. Ooh, yeah. yeah. It was really gruesome. Um, but I, you know, I, sorry, I keep, I keep thinking of all these things as we're talking. Um, when you were sailing over there by like, you know, Ireland, Scotland, uh, Europe and everything, the traffic must have been insane. Oh, yeah. Going into Amsterdam was the worst ever. It was just... That's like the biggest everywhere. port in the world, isn't it, Rotterdam? Yeah, and I was like, way out there, there's, there's an anchorage just like out in the middle there, there too. It was horrible. Like, because like <laughs> the anchor boat's not going to move out of the way. No, they're definitely not. How many boats were anchored oh, out there? Oh, so exhausted. Like just endless, as far as I could yeah, see. Yeah. <laughs> it was horrible. And then, yeah, the ones going back and forth and wind farms out there. Oh, um, my gosh. It's just a mess. Yeah, it's, it's bad for being a single hand. You don't get well, any sleep at all. You don't all. get any sleep. And, you know, I mean, when I do my trip, usually from, like, down here up to Maine or Maine down here, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. um, just with the seasons, the hardest part is always the day or two it takes to get past Charleston and Savannah and all that, trying to get in here. Yeah. So I always tend to go offshore, but, Uh um, on this last trip, when I lost everything, I also lost my AIS aerial, uh, for GPS. So I, Mm. I no longer had AIS out there. Oh, and that was the first time, uh, uh, I had not had AIS solo sailing and it was really a shocking difference. Like, yeah. How your mind starts playing tricks on you. You think uh-huh. you're hearing the murmur of an engine. You can't mm. sleep really well at all, no matter how tired you are. Yeah, you um, get used to that AIS, like yeah. AIS security, I guess. I couldn't believe it. And the, the worst part about it was when I got back here, my buddy Pax, who's like a technical guy, mm. uh, he lives on a boat just further down. He had hooked my GPS to the VHF AIS oh, just and had it running in 10 minutes. Minute. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I spent, I spent essentially three weeks without an AIS trying to get back here. And I've never been so sleep deprived in my life. Mm-hmm. It was shockingly difficult. But when you're sailing over there, mm-hmm. even if you have AIS, you're still not sleeping. Are you for much? <laughs> Maybe like, I get tired enough, but yeah, I just go to sleep. But yeah, well, uh, there is that's what Matt says that some as well. of us I just don't care. You Matt know? Rutherford's like, you know what? There's just a it's point a big where ocean. I'm like, whatever. I'm a little boat with big ocean. I'm you gonna know? sleep. <laughs> I'm gonna go to sleep. I don't care if I get hit <laughs> doing it. Yeah. Oh man. Well, I no, want this bounce off. Maybe the wake will. 
yeah, right. around or yeah, something. You know, I always figured, you know, and I would test this if I saw a ship that passed, you know, a half a mile, like a real yeah. close one. Uh, I'd come down below mm-hmm. and try and listen for oh, it. Oh, yeah. But I could never. Sometimes really I can hear, hear it from far away, and sometimes you just, the, the, you, you don't hear, you hear it, it, and it's like, oh, it already passed me. And it's yeah, still yeah, yeah. Some, like, especially those, those ferries, because they come and go. Really fast. Right, right. Those, I got to be the worst because they're so fast. Yeah, oh, they're like the catamaran yeah, fairies, yeah. right? Yeah, they go like 40 30, knots 30, 40, 40 knots. Yeah, yeah they're just, and they're just come and go so fast. Jeez. But, I mean, Couldn't even they've got to be having good watch on. Well, that that's, kind of yeah, I mean, I know, I mean, they've got AIS, so that alarm set, and they've got, they yeah. have to have a radar. And I, I don't have AIS um, transmitter. You don't I have need, a transmitter? I need to get that, yeah. Ooh, I'm I'm kind of turned off on them because from my experience in the Svalbard, we got like a massive fine for going too close to a wildlife oh. zone because the AIS like turned indicator. Turned yeah, oh, it yeah. told you, it told them where you were. Uh-huh. Oh. And there's I think like there's other situations where I like I, I don't want to be seen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I can't say that. Uh, go incognito yeah, mode. Yeah, I guess I could turn it off, but. <laughs> <laughs> I when I was uh, a couple of years ago, I was trying to go and do around the Americas, mm-hmm. and um, uh, when I was up near crossing over the Grand Banks, got past them, and there's these huge like oil refinery platforms, mm-hmm. like gigantic, and it was foggy, and I was changing sails, and I come down and I can hear a conversation on the radio between a fishing boat and one of these oil rigs. And they're like, they're like, yeah, I don't know. It says he's a pleasure craft, but I don't, I don't understand that. And then I realized they were talking about me. I'm talking about you. Yeah, because <laughs> they, they don't want anybody closer than like five miles or something. Yeah. For many of those, so I had to like divert my course and explain to them what I was doing. And they're just like, good luck, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> they don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, no, there's only fishing boats and tankers and oil rigs up there. But oh yeah yeah, that's so crazy. Oh man. Um. Well, I, you know, I don't want to take all your time because I know you're on your, on your way. Um, yeah, I probably got to get dragged. On your way and everything. Um, but if I, it, with uh, the YouTube stuff, mm-hmm. um, like how, how has that sort of affected your, your life and, and your ability to sail and all that? I mean, is it? It's massive. Like it funds all my. Total game yeah, change. Yeah. I get paid for all this stuff. And it also, it's great because everywhere I go. I got people that like have seen the videos and want to meet up. And, yeah, yeah. Like people emailing you out of the blue like, saying, "Hey, oh, I come got, do I a got, podcast." I got this free vote in Florida. I was gonna oh gonna yeah, live yeah. On for a few months just because uh, that that it gives me a lot a lot of different opportunities. I I think, but also I think sailing in general, you kind of get that kind of different. There's a camaraderie. You, just, you end up getting a marina and someone has something or like 100%. knows of something. Like so, I can't say I wouldn't have all that without the YouTube channel because like. Once you're doing something different, like you end up meeting interesting people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, anyway, but uh, yeah, the YouTube thing—it's been great, and it's not—it's not. I, I again, I try to make my videos really easy on myself, so I don't have to make it into like a full-time right job. Right. I just film a little bit when I'm out sailing, and then post it when I get internet. So yeah, it's been great. I, I like it. I want to do maybe some. I did a like a how-to sale because I think. I'm, I would really advise against people trying to learn things from my channel because <laughs> most of the stuff I do is like a failure, like at least half of the stuff, modifications and stuff I do in my boat. Like, oh, yeah, I yeah, just yeah. experiment with stuff. And like, well, I, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. I don't always say if it didn't work later. I have a, uh, 
a Sam Holmes hole down there for oh. water was coming out of a transducer a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. And the only thing I could think of, and this is long before I knew of you or anything, but uh-huh. I was like, I'm just going to drill a hole right there and it'll at least go into the bilge. Yeah, yeah. And I watched a video where <laughs> I think you I've did done that. that same thing. Yeah, you were like, you know what? The yeah. water's not getting through there, drilling another hole. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, it's so funny, dude. Uh, well, I mean, it's, it's just, it's kind of refreshing because, you know, to see, like I said before, just a sailor and mm-hmm. a camera, and you go out and you do these trips, and then you share the experience, and and you've been able to sort of make a living out of it, and continue to do what you want to do, which is just keep sailing and having more adventures. It's yeah, awesome. That's lucky, yeah, for sure. Well, I, but it, the thing you know, is, there's there's, there's work. people doing so much bigger, you know, trips, and some of them have videos on there too, and they just don't take off like mine did so you're just, looking yeah, at one got... no. <laughs> well i that's the thing um you know you've you got some to... great footage of those waves and stuff and like actually, yeah I'll... but i have i have like i don't know how i just put clips out yeah. um because i didn't really understand youtube when i got back from my big trip uh-huh. so i just started throwing like two three minute clips i also almost didn't film mm-hmm. much of anything um i had an old version one gopro uh-huh. and uh yeah, I filmed some stuff, but not not a ton. Uh, I never just, I just never even considered that anybody would ever want to see it. Oh, yeah, um, the, yeah, I the know. The Hawaiian right? one got me five million views. I, mean, I know, you gotta, dude. You gotta film that stuff. I know. Well, that, I know that now. That's and, worth twenty thousand dollars for really. Video, I guess. Oh, it's like a million cow. views, about five grand. Yeah, yeah. So Jeez. I don't. I've only got like three or four that have gotten me over a million. Yeah, because the Hawaii one is the biggest. Right, but like it's, it's real money, and like, know, if, huh? if, a, if a video takes well, off. and there's still you know people are still watching them. Yeah, so it, it could get residual thing. stuff if like you know they it, there's like a little, it'll pop up again, and like I'll start getting a few bucks from some old old videos, like and like, you're getting a few cents from all the videos. So yeah, like, yeah, it, yeah. Kind of if, if you have like a big enough library, it could. Right, yeah. right. No, just well, it was so funny because I I called my brother Sven when. Uh, you emailed me back and I was like, Sven, oh my gosh, I'm going to be able to interview Sam Holmes. And he's like, is that that guy who keeps popping up on my <laughs> YouTube feed? I know. Like, it's like, I can't get you, rid if of you, him. If you ever search one sailing <laughs> video, it probably bombards you with my, my oh, stupid face. <laughs> it totally does. But it's, it's good. You know, I mean, I, I get a lot of comments on, on my videos about, you know, having a positive attitude and all that sort of stuff. And mm-hmm. I mean, you exemplify that. I mean, there was one really short clip I watched, uh, or just, uh, I think you were coming out of the companionway and you either hit your head or you bumped your shin and you're like, ah, and then you're like, well, it's a lovely day out here. <laughs> and it, I mean, but that's the kind of thing is like, I do that so often that I just, yeah, I'm right? used to just flipping gears and doing, getting on with it. <laughs> well, I, I mean, sailing, one of the big things for me that I love about, you know, going out and being out there and, and going through even what I had to go through on this last trip is mm. that like, and I've always said, you know, you can go out and sail on a perfect day and it's fun. It's awesome. If you have to go and sail through two weeks of just horrible conditions, then you get to that perfect day. Like that's, Oh yeah. Next level. Awesome. Uh-huh. And that's something I sort of search for kind of all the time. And I, I think it, it, sort of bleeds into the rest of my life where it's sort of like, yeah, it's kind of crummy right now, but when it's not crummy, it's going to be that much better because it's oh, not sure. crummy anymore. Yeah. Yeah. 
it was always good to get so bored and uh, so yeah. fast. You, like, you'd never have those any good real days joy. Are like amazing once you have the contrast of like you know earning it from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, hundred percent. Cool. Hey, oh, I did want to give you this. Yeah. Oh, I gotta sign it, but. Oh, you got a book. Yeah, add it to the library. Heck yeah, I'll be reading that. Yeah, dude. It's uh, I tried to make a fast read sailing mm-hmm. book and sort of change up so it's not just told from the very beginning to the very end. Uh-huh. So, I don't know. Sweet. Hopefully you. you enjoy that. But Yeah, I like reading about sailing stuff when mm-hmm. I'm what about sailing? I know. Get in the mindset, you know. Yeah. Well, and I can I can read things like The Perfect Storm as long uh-huh. as I'm not in that area. Mm-hmm. So like when I went around, I would read, you know, some of the, the terrible Gulf Stream stories and things like that when I was in the South Atlantic. Okay, or, so you're in different oceans. Yeah, yeah. As soon as I get close to those <laughs> places, I'm like, nah, I'm gonna I made the mistake of reading back. the oh, that one thing about the guy that's in the life. Oh drift. Or, yeah, 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 yeah. Stephen Kelly. Because I like yeah, I was like, Oh, I love like the the sailing stuff and the like that'd be great. But that was like a little bit yeah all right and i was like kind of like a little bit nervous because the beginning of the passage kind of getting used to yeah it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and kind of get my butt kicked out. i was getting like so kind of like anxious it's, and it's a going scary story when like, he oh, describes man, if, you could night. like imagine like mm. these... that literally is like my nightmare oh, to yeah. be in a life raft with just animals mm. bumping it i couldn't even fathom that's horrible oh my gosh it sounds like terrifying do you have a life raft on this yeah, oh yeah, I've got, I used to have a six man, like full on offshore, you know, for the big trips and mm-hmm. stuff, um, but it's just so unwieldy, yeah. it's like a, 95 huge. pounds or something, uh-huh. it's in a soft uh, bag, so I, I, when it expired, I ended mm-hmm. up uh, going with four person, oh, but yeah. I actually, I went with the six person because of that book, mm-hmm. because he talks about it, he's like, if you've ever been in a four man life raft, you mm-hmm. know that uh, you can't even lay down in that thing. Even yeah, if it's just small. one person. So, I, but I, you know, I think the the probability of having to go through that ordeal, yeah, like he did, is very slim these days. Sure, today, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, barring an EPIRB and all that, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's uh, there's just so much traffic now. I feel mm-hmm. like you'd get spotted and picked up. But oh, last thing. Mm-hmm. When so, if you were in that situation, distress, you need help, right? Flares, mm. they're hit or miss. You know, ships might see it. You know, how many stories have you heard where people are firing flares off and ships oh, just blow sure. right by? Yeah, yeah. Here's an idea. Okay. Keep one of those super powerful laser pointers in your grab bag. Oh, that wouldn't. Because if you could, yeah, you get you can get that in there. Beam right it on that bridge. Uh-huh. I mean, they'd be like a basketball player who somebody <laughs> in the crowd's doing it too. So, whoever. Can sort out a way to make that happen. I give that idea to the world. Yeah. I think it will be a life-saving device for sure. I, I was anchored in Hawaii. It was around sunset. And then I saw this green flash. I said, oh, that must have been the green flash. <laughs> I wasn't like watching the sunset. And then it happened again and again. It was some little kids shining. Yeah. Laser shining you, yeah. Blowing you up. <laughs> beep, beep, beep. Well, so Sam, thank you so much, man. Um, Just for my listeners. Holy cow. Sam is exactly like he is in his videos. There's no facade here. He's a genuine, great sailor, great attitude, and uh, I'm so, I'm stoked. I can't believe you came. This is so awesome, man. You bet. Thanks for having me. Absolutely.